I'm Denise Densai. Here are the latest COVID-19 pandemic updates making headlines in the Philippines and across the globe. The Labor Department is confident all repatriated migrant Filipino workers overstaying in quarantine sites due to delayed COVID-19 test results will finally be able to go home this weekend. Labor Chief Silvestre Bellu III says the coronavirus tests of the remaining 24,000 overseas workers who are stuck in quarantine facilities yielded negative results. The statement comes days after President Duterte gave government agencies a one-week ultimatum to bring the migrant workers home. I would really like to apologize to our OFWs for the anxiety and discomfort and the unwarranted sufferings that we have caused them the 24,000 or more. A public health expert believes Metro Manila is ready to shift to general community quarantine. Dr. Susan Mercado says the recent spike in COVID-19 infections in the country are mostly that of repatriated Filipino workers and not cases of local transmissions. But she reiterates the public will still need to keep their guards up, especially in the workplace. People will need to assess their risk in a different way now. If you are not in close contact with people, your risk is relatively lower. Now the risk becomes higher indoors, so inside hospitals, uh, in places where people eat. I think um, most of the studies coming out now are saying that where you congregate and eat, you're likely to use your hands to touch your mouth or to touch your nose. So these common serving spoons or passing around of uh, water or plate. Eating together, I think, is something that we generally need to avoid. The Philippine government vows to ramp up contact tracing efforts as Metro Manila transitions to a looser lockdown. Interior and local government secretary Eduardo Anio says the batting average of contact tracing efforts in the country is at 88 to 87 percent. Rather, the Philippines currently has around 40,000 contact tracers, and the agency is hiring more personnel to increase manpower to 100,000. It is also tapping the private sector to help trace individuals who came into contact with COVID-19 patients. We are actually, you know, uh, putting up measures on how to to help in the contact tracing. Like, for example, uh, in the bus terminal, we are requiring now bus station uh, management to make a logbook and and get the names and telephone numbers of those passengers for possible contact uh, tracing if there is a need. And also in other establishment, uh, we'd like them to to make a log. Uh, this is now our life, no? this is our new normal. Everything has to be recorded. Several business groups cheer the government's decision to shift Metro Manila to general community quarantine. The Management Association of the Philippines says opening up Metro Manila's economy is crucial for the national gross domestic product. The group adds it has been conducting online seminars for their member companies as early as April about health protocols and preparing their workforce for the new normal. Meanwhile, the financial executives of the Philippines urges consumers to choose homegrown products over imported ones to help local manufacturers. I think it's a step towards the right direction. Um, you know that um, for every day of the 
ECQ, uh, the economy has been losing an estimated of 18 to 19 billion a day. And uh, putting Metro Manila, which accounts for more than 30% of the national GDP, into GCQ, I think will help uh, in the economic recovery that we all are trying to do. If uh, the GCQ is uh, put in place, then there will be a spur on, on economic activity and uh, people will start spending. And uh, uh, preferably, if there's a choice, uh, we would want people to prefer spending on what is locally manufactured. The resumption of public transportation in areas under the general community quarantine will be executed in two phases. The Philippine Transport Department says phase one will cover June 1 to 21. It will allow the operation of trains, bus augmentation, taxis, TNVs, shuttle services, point-to-point -point buses and bicycles. But the agency stresses the transport modes should only operate at limited passenger capacity. Provincial buses will also not be allowed to enter Metro Manila. Meanwhile, for Phase 2, which covers June 22 to 30, public utility buses, modern PUVs, and UV Express will be allowed to operate with limited passenger capacity alongside other transport modes. The Transportation Department also reiterates its call for the sector to follow new normal guidelines. Authorities also said to reduce the number of passengers allowed to board the train sets of the Philippine National Railways when it resumes operations on June 1st. The agency says every three-car formation will only be allowed to serve 143 passengers per trip, a sharp decline from its 750-person capacity. On Friday, PNR staff conducted a simulation exercise observing health standards in preparation for limited operations beginning Monday. Meron na pong distribution ng mga passengers sa bawat istasyon kung ilan po ang alag na pasakayin. Then, pag may bumaba po yung nabakanting space ay ma-allocate po sa susunod na istasyon. Sa first station po, 15 po ang unang makakasakay sa three-car formation. Ikan. Ang trend po kasi natin, sir, na PNR, uh, magkakaiba po yung aming haba, ang haba ng trend. So, meron pong three-car, may four-car at may five-car formation. The government is eyeing an accreditation system for barber shops and salons so that these could reopen in general community quarantine areas. President Duterte's spokesman Harry Roque says the health and trade departments are the ones to handle the accreditation for establishments that will comply with minimum health standards. Salons and barber shops are prohibited from operating in GCQ areas under the prevailing community quarantine guidelines of the COVID-19 Interagency Task Force. Roque says the IATF is set to meet with stakeholders to discuss the possible reopening of the industry. More than 22,000 persons deprived of liberty, or PDLs, have been released since the Philippines enforced lockdown protocols. This was reported by Manila Supreme Court Friday during an online meeting with justices from Singapore, Jakarta, and Malaysia, dubbed Justice in Times of COVID-19. Court Administrator Midas Marquez says over 3,000 video conferencing hearings have been conducted by over 1,000 courts since the start of the enhanced community quarantine in parts of the country. He adds the detainees release will further decongest jails and eliminate the risk of more COVID-19 infections among inmates. News overseas, more political battles for U.S. President Trump at the height of a pandemic. U.S. President Donald Trump is escalating his war on social media companies as he signs an executive order seeking to remove or change the law that gives legal immunity to the firms for content posted by their users. 
The order came two days after Twitter applied fact checks for the first time to two of Trump's tweets. The president claims Twitter's move amounts to political activism. The choices that Twitter makes when it chooses to suppress, edit, blacklist, shadow, ban, are editorial decisions, pure and simple. They're editorial decisions. In those moments, Twitter ceases to be a neutral public platform, and they become an editor with a viewpoint. My executive order calls for new regulations under Section 230 of the Communications Decency Act to make it that social media companies that engage in censoring or any political conduct will not be able to keep their liability shield. Trump adds if not for his social media reach, he would delete his Twitter account in a heartbeat. The Republican president personally relies on the micro-blogging site to wage word wars against his rivals. But he has long accused the platform of targeting conservatives. President Trump threatens to, quote, assume control of the city of Minneapolis, where a civil unrest rages over the death of a black man at the hands of police. In a fresh tweet flagged by Twitter, Trump called protesters thugs, adding they are dishonoring the memory of 46-year-old George Floyd. Trump warned when the looting starts, so will the shooting. Twitter said Trump's tweet violated its rules about glorifying violence, but it may be in the public's interest for the post to remain accessible. Protesters on Thursday set a police precinct on fire for the third night of demonstrations. The Minnesota National Guard activated more than 500 soldiers to help restore order. George Floyd died on Monday as a white police officer knelt on his neck while he was handcuffed. The police did not let go despite the victim repeatedly saying he could, he could not breathe. Turning now to the latest global COVID-19 tally, the number of confirmed COVID-19 cases worldwide tops 5.8 million. The death toll is at over 360,000, while recoveries stand at nearly 2.4 million. The U.S. still has the most number of cases at 1.7 million, followed by Brazil and Russia. And as COVID-19 cases continue to mount, the United Nations is calling on world powers to support developing countries affected by the pandemic. UN Secretary General Antonio Guterres urges world leaders to work together, adding the key aspect of solidarity is financial support. He adds the world must face this crisis with a sense of urgency. The pandemic has demonstrated our fragility. Despite all the technological and scientific advances of recent decades, we are in an unprecedented human crisis because of a microscopic virus. We need to respond with unity and solidarity. I welcome the swift actions that have already been taken by the International Monetary Fund, the World Bank Group, the regional development banks and other international financial institutions and the G20. But many developing countries lack the means to fight the pandemic and to invest in recovery. Getting through COVID-19 and recovering better will cost money, but the alternative will cost far more. People are hitting the beach as coronavirus restrictions start to ease and as summer begins in parts of the world. But how safe are beaches and how are they adapting to the new normal? Around the world, people have begun flocking back to beaches as summer arrives to the Northern Hemisphere. A bit of sunbathing, a bit of vitamin D, that's what the immune system needs. But this year is anything but traditional. While rules vary across the world, access to beaches might be limited and public health officials still urge caution, including continued physical distancing. 
Italy's beaches are reopening, but they're getting a makeover. We were forced to do a lot of things in order to reopen. We sanitized beach cabins, the restaurant, the warehouses and the kiosk here on the beach. Umbrellas will be far apart. Before, there were areas for tennis and volleyball and a beach club for party animals to dance until dawn. None of that will be there this year. Many of our customers were sport lovers, but we had to remove the sports area. We removed all the beach tennis and beach volley courts. We are setting rows of umbrellas. We had to remove one beach umbrella out of two, and we did the same for the restaurant. We had to remove one table out of two, and in this case, everything has halved. Over in the US, the famed California beaches like Santa Monica and Malibu are also not the same. No lounging around on the sand. Use of the beach is limited to swimming, surfing and biking. In some places, picnicking and sunbathing may be prohibited. Orange County has banned the building of sandcastles. Vendors are not allowed, so bring everything you need. Stay at least six feet from others who are not members of your household and wear a mask while out of the water if there are other people nearby. And those were the latest. I'm Denise Densai. For more updates, subscribe to the ANC YouTube channel, like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter.